Welcome back to Charles Sturt Stories. In this episode of our alumni series, we're joined by Toby Finlayson. He works with First Nations communities to use film, music, and digital media to foster important social and cultural dialogue. He is the CEO and creative director of Desert P Media, and he spoke to our Vice-Chancellor about the impact of his organisation. Hello and welcome to the final episode in our inaugural alumni podcast series. I'm John Germov, Interim Vice-Chancellor at Charles Sturt University, and today I'm talking to Toby Finlinson, a Charles Sturt Theatre media graduate who turned an idea he had while studying at university into an award-winning charitable organisation that he's now been operating for almost two decades. Toby, thanks for joining us for today's episode. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. It's, a, it's an honour. So, Toby, for those in our audience who don't know you, how would you describe what you and your organisation, Desert P Media, actually do? I guess I'm a storyteller, filmmaker, songwriter from Bathurst, New South Wales. Um, I went to school here and went to, went to Charles Sturt University, obviously, and studied the theatre and media course back in the day. And since university, I've been running an organisation called Desert P Media, which is a, it's a charity organisation that works, we call it collaborative storytelling. So we work in remote and regional Indigenous communities um, all around Australia. We've worked in over 80 communities in the last couple of decades creating conversation around social change essentially so it's it's about creating space for communities and elders and knowledge holders and service providers and you know any sort of stakeholders in community to to talk about social and cultural issues and to create solutions for them all framed against the kind of creative process so music and film and performance and that's the kind of nutshell I guess Thanks for giving us that little sample of the inspiring work that Desert P Media does. I certainly want to talk more about that with you, but first, take us back to how Desert P Media first came about. It, it came from a, you know, the theatre and media course is an incredible course at, at university and, and, and lots of it was around sort of theatre and cultural action um, and community and cultural development. And through my time at CSU, I was able to, get involved in an international training program with the theatre company called Makampom. That was back in the early 2000s. And they're based in Thailand. They're a theatre foundation that uses um, like theatre and performance as a way to advocate awareness of cultural and social issues in Thailand, working in sort of up on the Burmese border and the child prostitution drawing areas and heavily HIV affected areas back in the day. And so I went over and studied with Makampom for, I did their study tour, which students still do from CSU today. Um, um, and I went back and took a year off, deferred for a year and went over to, to Thailand through the international school. I got an internship to work, to study at Bangkok Uni for six months and to also study with Makampom with the theatre company. And I brought some of those skills back to Bathurst. And um, upon returning, I'm I pitched to the theatre media course and to the lecturers at the time and the course coordinators this idea of starting something here in Australia that utilises some of the similar principles that I've been learning about um, with disadvantaged communities. Just at that time, there had been a, a closure of one of the courses, what was it, online media production course, um, and they had a, a charity left over that they were used, that they used to raise funds for um, major works and, you know, it was like a supporting, bit of supporting infrastructure for the course um, that was kind of idle and they were planning on closing. It was called Desert P Media. And so they 
basically, you know, saw the saw the merit in the vision and we had a general meeting and yeah, that's where it all began. <laughs> it's lovely to hear. And it's 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 that from little things, big things grow. And it uh, makes me really proud to hear that Charles Sturt is part of your story and the story of um, Desert P Media. And you know, you've had this long-standing successful organization now, and it's really doing significant and impactful work and affecting a whole range of communities. Can you tell me something more about the campaigns and projects that Desert P Media has worked on in Australia? And, and are there yeah. any that particularly stand out for you? Yeah, great. Um, there is actually, I think this is, I'm just looking at your background, John, this is stuff that I think you'd be interested in as well. Uh, we've been working for, I think, three years. Now, over the last three years, we've had a real growth in the organisation. Um, we've gone from quite a small charity. We've developed some really amazing partnerships with primary health networks all around the country. So it kind of began three, three or four years ago in um, Western New South Wales, with the Western New South Wales PHN. And the project's called Break It Down. It's about it's about mental health for young people. So um, as most people are probably aware, young Indigenous people in Australia have the highest suicide rate of any, any group on the planet. You know, levels of incarceration, unemployment, life expectancy, isolation, substance abuse, all derivatives of mental health, grief and trauma. And so our projects have been about unpacking what mental health is and, and how it impacts people and breaking down some, some of the stigmas and yeah, stigmas attached to mental health for young people in Indigenous communities. So we worked in, I think it was eight communities in Western New South Wales, Bathurst, Orange, Cowrack and Doberlin, Walgett, you know, all, over, all up around Northwest and Central New South and Central West New South Wales, creating, doing songwriting projects and filmmaking projects, as I described before, with that sort of collaborative storytelling approach. And it was just amazing. We did a big road show at the end of the trip and then at the end of the tour and went back to all the communities and held these well-being, mental health and well-being events that premiered the work and uh, created this kind of community-driven conversation around the derivatives of, of ill health and where they come from and how we can change it as a community and as individuals and families. A really beautiful sort of reflective process. It's non-confrontational, like it's really hard stuff to talk about, but because it's framed against creative processes, you know, the kids are making a rap song, essentially. So, you know, it's engaging, it um, keeps people in, 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 you know, engaged in the process and, and, and the space for them to talk quite openly about, about what's happening in their communities and how they'd like to see it change. So that was where I'm just about to work on our fourth um, uh, PHN contract using a similar model Um so we did one in North Coast, New South Wales, which is just completed now last year or the year before last in Northern Queensland Primary Health Network. And this year we'll be heading up to the Northern Territory um, to work in five communities up there, four or five communities up there. That's wonderful. But wasn't there, wasn't there an incredible stroke of fate that, that led you down this, this path? Could you tell us what happened? It's true. I mean, Desert P Media has survived you know, through quite a lot of stubbornness really over the last 20 years. And um, it's a very much a family organization. My mother was our sort of did all our books and, and is still on the board of directors. Um, she was a treasurer for a long time. And my father's a psychologist and he's, you know, he's been hugely influential on the organization in terms of our framework and how we work with young people and, and what our sort of objectives are. And I think it was 2013, 
and we were just coming off a Tony Abbott government. And so there wasn't much sort of funding in Australia, in New South Wales for, you know, youth projects and mental health focused projects. And we didn't have much booked. We had, we had a project in, in Burke, New South Wales at the school there. It was at, we thought that might be our last ever project. So myself and a young guy from Colorado, Brian, Michael Graham, that I've been mentoring for a long time as a sort of a trainee coming and working with us on projects. Him and my father and I um, went out to Burke to do this project. You know, it was our sort of last hurrah. You know, we were very, it was a bit bittersweet. We were ready to um, to do one one final great project and, you know, move on with our lives, going to get a bar job or something. And we created a song called People of the Red Sunset. And we kind of, we finished the production and, you know, we were really happy with it. It was a really beautiful piece of work. And we released it kind of thinking, you know, that's the last little slice of the cake. And then and then three weeks later, it had like 350,000 views on YouTube. It was wow. getting played on medium rotation on Triple J. We had people calling Burke High School from like Finland, congratulating the kids. Like it was, it just went way beyond anyone's expectations. And by some stroke of luck, Kim Whiteley from the Primary Health Network was listening to the radio one afternoon and heard the song and was really inspired by it. And that's what sort of kicked off that whole next stage of desert p media and primary health network partnerships and then the break it down project so if it wasn't for that song it's amazing what a you know a song can change the world indeed what a sliding door moment that was and, yeah. and look what's happened since then and you know your involvement in the primary health uh, networks and particularly raising awareness about mental health is such a crucial thing as we know particularly with uh, disadvantaged communities and you know, as you, you know, I'm a sociologist and my background's in the social determinants of health. And so looking at how um, important the community is, but also the impact that living and working conditions have on mm. opportunities to be healthy, but also have access to health, health services. Yeah. And I think particularly for Indigenous communities, you know, the, the derivatives of this ill health and, and, and all that kind of stuff comes from our sort of shameful historical and, and cultural, you know, events over the last 200, 250 years. You know, the education system isn't isn't built to to create awareness around that. Lots of young people that I meet in communities all around Australia don't know what the Aboriginal Protection Act was, don't know what the 1967 referendum was. Um, they just don't have that kind of context of, of why their communities are struggling so much, grief and trauma and, and where that comes from and that, you know, that it was kind of forced upon them. So mm. even just that basic information is liberating and empowering for communities and young people, you know, just that that away from the sort of mainstream education model to something that's, you know, not, not built around that top-down education, but, you know, group learning and people sitting together and acknowledging each other's knowledge. Um, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing. No, look, it, it truly is, and you know we we're trying to do our part at Charles Sturt, as you know, through our various health science degrees. We have incorporated um, mental health training and have specific pathways for uh, First Nations students, and um, all of our degrees incorporate an understand cultural uh, understanding and ensuring cultural safety amongst our practitioners. But look back to your breakdown project. I mean, I've been told that as a result. Of it, that Desert P Media has tripled in size. I'm just curious, what are you up to now? We have grown a lot and we've, you know, it's, it's like we've been breathing, you know, um, expanding and contracting a little bit. Like COVID had a big impact on our organisation. Um, we just reached our kind of peak at that, at the end of the year before last. 
And so the, the realities of COVID kind of brought things back to earth a little bit. And we're, so we're really excited now about the, the new project that we're about to begin. In fact, on our social media at the moment, you'll see a, a, a campaign, a marketing campaign starting for a project that we, we did last year in October, which was probably the highlight of that year. We had a pretty quiet year because we couldn't travel and couldn't get to communities. And yeah, we had to kind of change our, change our scope a little bit last year. And so our project in the NT in October in Jabiru, which is in Kakadu National Park, working with an Indigenous-led health organisation there called Red Lily, created a production called Mayali, which is a pretty incredible piece of kind of kind of cultural artefact, working with the knowledge holder and lawman singer-songwriter Victor Rostron, who's from Manangreta, but is a kind of family for all those mob up there. And that's super exciting for our organization. It's it's one of the biggest things we've ever done, I think. And from there, we'll embark. We're just at the moment working with the primary health network in the NT, as I mentioned, designing a, a new iteration of the Break It Down project that'll work in, in a region in NT, potentially Arnhem Land. Yeah, working across a similar, a similar format of projects, four or five projects, yeah, through the dry season NT this year, which is, you know, it's a, it's an incredible place. It wasn't as heavily impacted as the rest of Australia by colonisation. There's still that really rich access to language and culture and cultural identity and there's so much strength and resilience and, and connection in those communities. And it's such an honour to be invited to work up there. Something that we're really excited about. Um, it's a bit of a new direction for DPM. I mean, it's something that we've been doing informally for a number of years. Is as I mentioned before, mentoring young people, um, young songwriters, and Indigenous artists that we connect with in remote communities. Um, so we're about to embark on a new thing called DPM Futures, which is, uh, yeah, like I said, it's like a, a creative mentoring program focused around well-being and artistry. Yeah, it sounds like you've got plenty of work in the pipeline and uh, really important work at that. It's great to see um, mentoring being used to such great effect and giving back to the community in that way is a, is a wonderful thing. Toby, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today and hearing about the incredible journey you've taken with Desipir Media since its formative days at Charles Sturt. But just before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you if you had any advice for any budding artists and creatives out there that might be listening? Well, I think, you know, I think what the, what CSU is doing around, you know, creating opportunities for education um, in places that are around cultural safety and, and um, working in communities, I think that's a really important, you know, lesson to learn when you're, when you're a creative wanting to do community cultural development work. I think um, for me, the biggest thing that is enabled our work over the years is our sort of cultural governance. So the co-founder of the organisation is a is a guy from Moree, a Gamilaroi man called Matthew Priestley. Um, and his, you know, the relation, relationships are so important in this space and trust is so important. And having relationships with Indigenous people that can can watch you and, 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 and make sure that you're making the right choices. Like there's such an incredible cultural gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australia and it really takes a lot of listening and a lot of learning to be able to work well in that space. So the more you can learn, the more support you have. Yeah. Listening and learning is a really critical lesson to, to have under your belt when you work in communities. Well, thanks. Some excellent advice there. And thanks so much for joining us today, Toby, and sharing your story. And I'm sure our listeners will be fascinated by it. We'll um, check out Desert P Media and uh, all the information you've got on 
your website. I look forward to seeing how you progress over the coming years to see how your impact spreads even further. So thank, thank you, John. Cheers. Thanks so much. Cheers. And uh, yeah. look, to our audience, um, that's really a wrap on our first edition of our inaugural alumni podcast series. We will be back. It's been a privilege to catch up with a few of our truly outstanding alumni. Thanks for tuning in.